Hi, my name is Paul Ford, and you're listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. I'm joined by my co-founder, Rich Ziotti. Paul, sounding pro today. Just going to get right in there and have a great day. I just had a very strong cup of coffee. All right, literally. Very motivated to have a great podcast today. Go. Okay. Rich, what does Postlight do? I've forgotten. Postlight is a digital product studio Mm. based here in New York City, USA. Great town. Uh, Great town. And uh, we design, architect, build platforms and the apps and sites and all sorts of services that run on top of them. That's right. You go to your web browser, you you hit something big, Postlight might have built it. I feel like you sell it short every time you say web browser. We'll build the bot. We'll build the service. I don't think most people in the world are sitting there going, oh, it's on the web, not just mobile. I, I think people are engaged with what's on their browser. They still think that's cool. I think so. I mean, I, our little world, everyone is like, oh, it's not, it's not mobile enough. I, I forgot who a friend of mine is. His daughter is in her teens, preteen, and she doesn't have an email address. Sure. But she's deep in Instagram, mm-hmm. deep in, uh, I don't know if Facebook's cool, I guess Snap, I guess, mm-hmm. but no email. Sure. And I, if I sat her down and said, you know, what are your favorite bookmarks? I, I don't know if she'd have an answer, to be frank. I just don't think it's there. I know. People get it. But I also don't want to portray us as like the place you come to for your exciting editorial strategy for Snap. Well, we're also we're also not targeting preteens. No, we build the big things. Yes. Yeah. But if you are a preteen and listening to this, welcome. Welcome. We, we love having you We here. build the plumbing and pipelines that will get your content on the Snap. Yes. But it's a little lower level than you might be thinking. Or, and higher. Yeah. Yeah. Look, hey, we're design, anyway. we're engineering, we're everything. It's a terrible sales pitch ah, right there. It's a big there. pile of abstractions. It's really complicated. But let's talk about something big that just happened. Okay. All right. So it'll be about a week and a half old by the time people hear this. But let's, let's like a couple days ago. Do it. I woke up and I checked my phone and Amazon had bought Whole Foods. Whole Foods, Whole capital Foods, W. The capital legendary F. Whole Foods where you can get like a $2 yes. celery spritzer. Yeah. Portobello something. Yeah. They do this thing where they like, they let a light mist come over the vegetables. Yeah. So you feel like you're in the Amazon. Oh, yeah. And no pun intended, but you literally feel like, oh my God, look at the life that's breeding here. They really care about my zucchini is alive. Yeah. They don't pretend otherwise. Ah, Look, I shop Whole Foods. I'm not going to lie. Well, there's uh, a big one. One one moved into Brooklyn on Third Avenue. Yeah. Changed the. The texture of that part of town. Yeah. And uh, it's very good quality stuff. That's that's real. You know, that's built on a, just a terrible Superfund site. I used to yeah. live around there. I think it took an extra year before they could build it they had because to sort of they had to- Like put it on stilts and do all kinds of remediation. Take the sludge out. You I know? used to sneak into the current Whole Foods site for weird DJ parties. All right. Let's move on to what we really want to talk about. Which is why would an Amazon- buy a Whole Foods. You know, it's funny when acquisitions like this happen and how everyone starts to theorize about, well, why would you do that? We why would, would we, they do that? We'd never do that. Let's go ahead and theorize. And and go ahead and put yourself in that that strategy room. I imagine like Bezos is in a room with like a star chamber where there's like a 360 degree screen and whiteboard that just rotates around sure, and you. They, they have a series of white cats that they go through on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. Like and they're I, thinking at such an abstract high level. And then we're like, well, does that mean I want to get my kale on 
Amazon? Look, here's what I think. First of all, Amazon's been in the grocery business forever. It's like 10 years now. They've been trying it. Okay. It's Amazon Fresh. Yeah, so that's been going on. Amazon ships stuff. There's lots of distribution centers. And it hasn't been sticking for them. No, and there's been an ongoing conversation. I'm sure I'm sure Whole Foods is like, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to sell Whole Foods and get all that money. Uh-huh. And there have been four or five like, well, who could buy it? And the reality is not that many places could blow 13 plus billion dollars on a grocery store. Right. So Amazon's one of them. Microsoft probably didn't want it. You know, like it, it, it lines up with Am- Amazon is interesting because it's not just a tech giant in the way that we think of tech giants being around software. Google is an advertising company with a lot of software wrapped around it. Microsoft, it's SQL Server and Microsoft Word. Apple, they make computers. They sell hardware. Yeah. Apple's primary business is selling hardware. They sell hardware and they make the software that makes the hardware really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're really good, really good at marketing. But these are the drivers. Well, and that those businesses have all been roughly the same for like forty-five years. Right, and you need you need about three sentences to, to draw them out. And then Amazon, which is a giant beast with four hundred thousand tentacles, you know, they're like, oh, you know, video's interesting. Let's buy Twitch. Utterly fascinating. Right. I think this company is just really, really unique and really fascinating. Well, you know, I've been thinking about it. There is also some historical precedent, though. Like, you look back, there was an era in the 60s, 50s then, especially the 60s and 70s, where conglomerates were all the rage. And the one that was really big was this company called ITT. You okay. ever pay any attention to ITT at all? I used to see the ads That's when I right. was young. And they bought everything. And they got involved in, like, bad stuff in, in South America, or they, like, uh-huh. helped overthrow a... A government, I think something to do with pineapple. Like it really, like I'm, I'm not being ironic. I can't remember right. the exact details, but they popped into my head because there was a, a guy in charge of ITT named Harold Janine, mm-hmm. and he was just the classic operator. And the idea was, you know, you'd bring this conglomerate together, and you would be able to achieve all these efficiencies and optimizations by having all these different businesses integrated. Yeah. So the hypothesis I look at with Amazon is that it's growing into a 60s or 70s style conglomerate, except what it's assuming is that in this case, the advantages of centralization and the advantages of sort of true digital optimization around just about every part of the business will generate an unbelievable behemoth that's kind of unstoppable. Right now, it's hard to look at them and say that that's that's an incorrect thesis. They are a behemoth. Yeah, but that's not, like you know how companies create that one sentence? Right. That's supposed to be who they are. That's right. Like every company will say, our goal is to be a behemoth. That's just a byproduct. Not bi- just that's behemoth. A- I, I think like with the old conglomerates, it was, uh, you know, it was early days of cybernetics and we're going to just bring everything together, or, you know, or like what McNamara did with the Ford Motor Company in the 50s. This idea that like optimization and spreadsheets, mm-hmm. like on paper at that point, would get you to a place of, of sort of logical progress. Okay. And I'm seeing this with Whole Foods, right? Like it doesn't make sense to us as human beings, but... I, I, I want to make a case for it, but I want you to make a case for it first. Make a case for why they should have bought Whole Foods? Well, they did. Why did they buy Whole Foods? I mean... What was their rationale for... Look, to me, you know what's a fun Look, fun I think exercise? the whole thing is very organic. Oh. Sorry. Man. <laughs> I'm happy with myself, even if nobody else is. Okay. I think that this... I really do think it was organic in that... If you if you look at Amazon, it's products going into houses and it's distribution centers. Yes. And Whole Foods is products going into houses and distribution centers. Yeah. And you know, there's a it's a good demographic, it's a well known brand. 
And even if if I'm Amazon, like you don't have to, you don't actually have to have some great synergistic vision for this to make sense. You could just start with like, well, good, let's get that. It's a pretty good business. It's profitable. And I mean, I'm assuming it was profitable. And let's put uh, Amazon lockers in every single one. Just see what happens. Like you could start there, actually. Yeah. I think you're on to how they see it. Like right. So there's like 1% progress that you can make with your Amazon lockers. Then it's like, well, what else could we do if we have all these stores and they're big? And we're right. like, well, you could, you know, what other Amazon things do we do? Well, you know, we can, um, we could ship things out of the Whole Foods. So people, we can, we can, Instacart's got a business going. I think you're on to something here. Like geographic touch points, yeah. right? Like Amazon's put enormous, enormous investment in sort of these regional warehouses where everything goes out. And that's right. They're but like they're very dependent still on the um, on the postal service. That's right. So this gets the more distribution closer. It's pretty good real estate. Yep. They're probably saying we can do better with that real estate than Whole Foods can. Yep. You know, we'll take where they're putting lettuce. We'll get half as much lettuce and we'll put some uh, electronics and phones yep. in there too. And then we'll we'll get a guy with a bike and mm-hmm. he'll get those, those phones over to you. I guess what I'm saying is like you can actually Occam's razor this bad boy down. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not insane. And, by it's, any and means. it's also not this like giant, incredibly abstract conceptual move of of like a master chess player. Yeah, it's just like you can see the two businesses lining up and go like it feels weird, but okay. Yeah, you know it's a fun exercise. It's actually hard to come up with a business that if you said Amazon bought them, you'd completely conclude that that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I Give see. it a shot. Pick a company. Yeah, but see, this is, the lar- this is the social role, right? Like if I pulled out a copy, one of the things I enjoy looking at at home, and my kids love it too, is a copy of the Sears Roebuck catalog from 1880. Okay. Okay, and it's a reprint. It's 1880, 1890, somewhere around there. Everything is in there. Houses, you can buy a house, and it will come to you on a train. Right. And you can buy a gun, and you can buy all your books, and you can buy, you know, condensed milk Mm -hmm. and everything, right? Because what they were doing is a sudden network had emerged in the form of the railways, and they had created a set of optimizations around getting you your products cheaper than the local purveyors could. Sure. Now, that business is... This is very similar to Amazon, right? So, you know... It's found efficiencies such that it's actually costlier and slower, less convenient to go get it from the little shop. Here's the thing that we are assuming when we assume that Amazon will take over the world. We are saying that the optimizations that it has found are in any way permanent. And we said that about Sears Roebuck, and we said that about ITT, and we said that about AT&T as well, Mm -hmm. that they owned and controlled whatever network and whatever distribution channel happened. And then it turned out that that there's always, someone might might find a better way to compute. Sure. Someone might find a different set of options. I think they very much think that way too. I think they very much have that paranoia. Well, I think the difference here is that these companies have enormous resources to pick up and buy things. Like I think Facebook sees WhatsApp, right? And I, I think internally, Facebook doesn't think of $19 billion as $19 billion. They think of it as like 38 Facebook coins, each one of which is worth half a billion dollars. Yeah, whatever. Like, oh my God, get me some Facebook coins and let's buy that thing. Because right. if they were thinking about it in dollars, everyone would lose their mind. Right. So I think that Amazon and, and all these all these giant orgs are kind of in the same boat where they're like, Let's go and get that before it gets too big. 
I think that that paranoia is real and is there. Even Which though is, Whole Foods is not growing. Like, Whole thing, Foods is not actually stru- not struggling, but not growing. Whole Foods is strategic. It's not competitive. It's not no, competitive. Nobody else was Facebook wasn't going to buy Whole Foods. This no. is about, so this has to be about like distribution and long-term business growth and like a nice, like there's no hockey puck because they got this. Yeah. It's not like Instagram where you buy it for a billion and it's worth 30 billion in, right. in your business. No, like no, no. Five that wasn't later. the picture. That was, they're, they're putting pieces into a puzzle. You know what this makes me think about? I have to say, I sat there and wondered about this for probably a good six months when Amazon drew a dotted line from Amazon Prime, which for years for me was, whoa, 80 bucks and I can get second day delivery mm-hmm. on anything I buy from Amazon, if, as long as it has that little check mark. That's incredible. So I signed up for it. And mm-hmm. I signed up for it and I kept it for years. Well, we should be, you're a pretty serious Amazon user. You use it for a lot of stuff. It's just convenient. I don't yeah. own a car. Like I live in in, yeah. in Brooklyn. No, I have I, two kids. I come home. I live in a in an apartment building. There's and piles of Amazon. There is a pile of Amazon stuff every single day. Now every including day. Sunday. Every day. There are at least like four Amazon boxes in the in easily, the lobby. Easily, yeah. it's a beast, right? So I'm happy with this second day delivery, mm-hmm. right? It didn't take a whole lot to recoup that that value. And then they put, I think it was music first. And like, hey, you got an Amazon Prime account? Listen to some music with it. Sure. And I logged in, and it was awful. The catalog was terrible. Amazon's music download and playing experience has been basically done by the dogs who play poker are the ones they <laughs> hired to do it. <laughs> right. Early days, it was, and also the catalog, like uh, what was available. It was so bad. It was like Seals and Croft. Would you like to download for like a, and yeah, it was like a buck for an MP3 of a Seals and It was Croft a mess. Yeah. No, no, no. But this was streaming, Paul. This was like oh. unlimited. Li- it was like their own version of Spotify, except Everybody, the party was over and a couple of people were sticking around. It's fascinating. It's fascinating when you see what they think of content. Like, like Amazon's opinion of content is not high. Well, and I don't know about, hold on, let's see this through, right? right. So this is early days. I'm like, well, that was stupid. Why the hell would you take advantage of my prime subscription and put music in front of me? And then it starts to pick up Mm -hmm. and it starts to pick up. And then they add video. And then they the first thing they did was some movies and it was like it was like Rambo three. That's the bad the sequels are rough. You know the rough they one is start with the sequel package from the yeah. from the movie company. Uh, this happens studios. with Netflix too, you know the heartbreak is forty eight hours, but then you look closer and it's another forty eight hours. It's another, yeah. It's a bad scene, right? So now they had they had video and movies and then they start to land their own content. And the whole collection around TV and children's stuff and all this is starting to really take hold. And now the kid stuff stat- is smart too, right? The mini, the not, if you just huge. show like a, a, a locomotive that barks That's for right. two hours, That's parents right. will do it. So how much is Amazon going to spend? They're going to spend hundreds of millions. Uh, Jeff Bezos was at the Damn Academy Awards. Yeah, sure. He funded which one was the movie? That depressing movie in New England where they, like the guy's brother Manchester by the Sea. God, that movie's dreadful. Yeah, I'm Did not. Did you see do it? That. No, it's just misery beginning to end. No, I, I'm good with Affleck. I don't need any more Affleck in my life. Exactly. So they funded this movie. They're funding movies. They're sure. funding shows. I want well, to pitch a show Man right now. High, Man in the High Castle and all that Catastrophe stuff. is one of the best shows of the last three years. That's a BBC show, years. but yeah, sure. It, it was, I mean, Amazon bought the U.S. rights yeah. and whatnot. It's awesome. It's a, it's a great. Now, so here's what's happened now. Like now the, the, the service that I used to sign up to get orders, boxes to my house more quickly, is now driving 
the content I'm experiencing, both video and audio, through Amazon as a content provider. That's right. They want as much of you as possible. They are not seeing that profile. That profile and the value of that profile transcends physical delivery mm-hmm. and content delivery. I look there. And it will go on and on. That that thing is a passport. It is literally truly citizenship. Sure. They aspire to have such a footprint that that thing is pervasive. But and I think very we, we run around with our arms in the air like, oh my God, oh my God. But it's like, nah, I mean, Sears Roebuck, you live in the Sears Roebuck house, read Sears Roebuck books, you know, had a Sears oh, Roebuck yeah. window in, in your bathroom and shot a Sears Roebuck gun. That's right. And then, you know, the one that always comes back for me is the Bell System, which you spent more time engaged with the Bell System than almost anything else. Like, there still hasn't been anything quite like it. Yeah, it was, it was that internet. It was the single network that bound all of America together and the world together yep. for like a century. There, The articles are out there where it's like, are we going to lose our minds sitting and talking into a plastic handle oh, sure. where we could be looking into each other's eyes. Yeah, yeah you exactly. know, There's no doubt that that's out there about what it's doing to our psychology. So this it. is a new variation on like the semi-monopolistic, super optimized network platform. Correct. Okay, so we're, we're back here again. What's different this time, do you think? I don't even know. It's the internet. The internet is fast and kind of anonymous. You don't have to <sighs> you deal know what? with it's, it's arrogant. It's fast. The, the what's different this time was asked 70 years ago. Yeah. It, they just keep asking the same question. And then it happens again because of crazy network effects and the fact that it's always faster. Like, faster kills on this. So you can be entertained more quickly than you ever could. There were better movies at Blockbuster, but I'm going to watch Man in the High Castle. I don't have to get off my couch. Oh, I mean, literally. I don't have to sign up. That's another bit, mm-hmm. right? I'll find it cheaper at Jet.com, but I got to go through the whole process oh, and introduce myself. No, 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 no. I can hit two taps. They keep they keep fighting those taps, and they just keep cutting them down. There's that buy with one click. They have those little buttons you put on your dishwasher mm-hmm. so that when you're done with that with the soap, you, you just can hit, hit the, the button. button, and it makes the purchase and brings it over. Yeah. You can subscribe to hand lotion. Yeah. This is where we're at, right? Like this, they want to permeate everything here. Like, I mean- is that good? We could always pause and say, good God, can't you just let's go not, to the store and say hi to the shopkeeper? Let's not worry about the ethos for one second because what I'm seeing here, there is a motive underneath the organization to wherever we can drive to a transaction of any kind, Yeah, let's get that transaction. If you can hit a button and get Tide, yeah. they don't care about whether it's Tide or hand lotion or a funny hat. They don't get it. They or or a, um, you watching Man in the High Castle. Yeah. What they care about is that a transaction occurred and that the platform increased in scope because you gave them a little data. That's exactly And right. they learned a little more and you got a little, they got a little money out of you along the way. And so they're just going to keep blowing that platform up bigger and bigger until it hits some natural limit. And it will. Like this is we we assume that they will eventually expand until they completely take over the planet and end up in the Earth's mantle powering everything. Yeah. But they may bump into antitrust sometimes. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the thing. Like we're we're probably the government has to change up a little bit, but it might. And yeah. We are probably getting close to antitrust. Like it's going to start getting raised here and there. Yeah. And you know, someone like Al Franken will stand up and be like, you know, we need to think about yeah, whether they, start the conversation. You know, is this good for America? I have a friend who boycotts Amazon. She thinks what it's done to 
local businesses and blah blah blah. I would boycott it too, but God, when I can get a kite in like a day. You know what I've noticed is that no matter how progressive someone is, when they have young children, <laughs> yeah, it's out all, the window. Everyone's just like, it's like hey, God, I can get uh, a Play-Doh tomorrow. I mean, I'm just like these bottles are are so yeah. much less expensive right. when you buy them from the American Nazi Party, and it's just <laughs> I feel I feel terrible. I've also been sitting in this bathtub for a day and a half. I'm not getting out. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let me end this with I want to pitch a future product. Okay. That is a pro- that is part of the collaboration between Whole Foods and Amazon. It's the Amazon compost bin. Mm. And what it does is it has cameras right at the lid so that when you throw in a used ear of corn, mm-hmm. it scans it and automatically adds corn to your shopping list. And corn will be there the next day. If you put in the top of a tomato where that stinky stem is and throw that into the compost bin, it picks up plus one tomato. So this is all machine learning, right? It's like Alexa, but instead of a little... No, of course it is. Don't don't say machine learning. You know how I feel about that term. But this is what happens. Alexa becomes a garbage can. Alexa becomes and a it's garbage got a l- can. little camera built in, and it takes pictures of, That's the, right. of your garbage. And then what happens? Paul, not enough cauliflower in your diet. Yeah, that's true. And right? then Amazon Toilet starts to see it all. Amazon Toilet is like, uh, there's a lot enough. I'm not seeing roughage here, guys. Uh, Let's they, get this going. Because I already have those sort of like analyzing toilets. That's a Japanese thing. Toro. Yeah. There's like $10,000 for a toilet. So this thing a, like whispers in your ear. Oh, uh, imagine now. Uh, um, Amazon's going to make it possible for you to talk to your toilet. Alexa, get out of the bathroom for a minute. Yeah, Alexa, just leave me just alone. Just give me a minute in leave the bathroom. No, not possible. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Let's. So that, that's where that ended <laughs> wow. up. That was co- like industry analysis all the way from (laughs) through the digestive tract of the silicon valley yeah uh or seattle all right we're gonna cover some other stuff paul you know rich let's talk about uber oh here we go again travis your boy yeah had to take a little break he's at a resort in arizona oh boy What what do you do where do you go I mean, yeah, that's the question, right? You Where know, do you go? I mean, first of all, he's had a bad, he's had a true personal tragedy. His mother passed away in an accident. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, his, I did his not His parents hear were this. in a boating accident. So this happened a couple weeks ago. Oh, boy. His company just is a complete nest of hyper-testosterone madness that gets continually leaked it's just like it's this bad balloon that just won't stop. Well, I mean, a particular culture took hold, and yeah. now it's been revealed, right? So, well, and I think what happened is this thing that culture is everywhere. It is everywhere. But the, I think what happened is this thing got to such a scale and started to approach the level of public utility. And what we're seeing that's interesting is that long before the conversation about monopoly power could happen that there became a large conversation in the media and on social media about the ethics of the organization that really blew up in their face. And that this actually had tremendous impact on the, on the leadership. I don't think that would have happened in the same way 30, 40 years ago. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, definitely not. I mean, uh, that was like, oh, it's part of business. It's There's a story boys there. Being right? boys. Like, people saw that there was a story there and they went for it. And that's had a direct reaction in, in the overall structure of the company. So yeah. that's... That is new. And that's a new cultural force where social media pressure mm-hmm. and media pressure changed yep. the company. Like, this has happened many times through history, but like that was a, I haven't seen anything quite at that scale with that kind of pattern True. in quite a while. True. 
I love the the people that decided to boycott Uber. Meanwhile, every driver has Uber, Lyft, Juno. They'll push any this button. Is a, there's an They'll essay. push any damn button that lights up. <laughs> Look, there's an essay I want to write one day about how ambition and adulthood bring out your hypocrisy and how you manage hypocrisy is a real part of your, you know, because there's a set of beliefs that you might have and then a set of facts on the ground and how you negotiate those is very, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people should be more comfortable with the decisions that like, you're not a terrible person if you called an Uber. Well, this night, is the tricky right? thing. That's, right? the, like, that's where hypocrisy comes in, right? Global warming is real. Do you just go ahead and buy an SUV because you want one and could use one right now? Or not, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, and well, it does if you're going around lecturing people well, this about is, it. But right? statistically, your SUV usage is trivial compared to a containerized shipping and b air travel. True. Right. True. I mean, it's not. It's trucks more than far people more. People that cars. are m- having a bigger impact on this earth have a bigger responsibility. That's right. What you're so saying. at that point, start with containerized yeah. If shipping. you can afford a hybrid, then go get a hybrid if that makes you feel good. But this but is the thing. It doesn't even matter. Containerized shipping. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the every, chart is way off. It, it's a big deal. Cars are a big deal, but yeah. like you're, you're really down on that. So I yeah, feel, but people, there's a counter argument for that, right? Which is, Hey, what, what's, if I don't compost, what's the big deal? I'm only one person. Right. But it turns out in an aggregate scale, Without so it turns a, out you're you are a bad person. Without a doubt, I'm a bad person. No, I, you're not a bad person. No, but see, actually, I believe that at some level, fundamentally, we I, all are. I think we're. I think exactly right. There's right. there are compromise. I think I'm a decent human being. I'm just going to go out and say that That's about fine. myself. It's, good, it's a good thing. You kind of need that. Like, you know, I could I can point to lots of pieces of evidence of you. You're a very specific kind of decent human being. Yeah, right. yeah. It's it, I didn't nail all the. I didn't check all the boxes. I admit that. I admit that. But I, overall, I think I'm a, I'm a decent person. Well, there's so. a lot of Bay Ridge in you. You like to take care of the people who are close to you. That's a very important thing in your world. It is. Right. Yes. And that is when you when somebody's in your world, that's a really good thing. Yeah, I'm almost irrationally protective that's in right. a weird way and so it's like yeah there are different dynamics anyway we've gotten way off from uber way off from uber uh, i think the point here is he's he's getting rest yeah he, he needs to he's he needs to rest up so he can do some more there sexual are like, harassment there are a couple of rocks on his forehead <laughs> as we speak so uh, um, but they're probably only letting like big burly russian dudes massage him right now because he just it's all a bad look it's it's a bad look and and i i think it's i i as i've always said i think I'm glad Uber came to life because others would not have come to life had it not been for Uber. And I love what it dismantled. So you think he's got a couple stones on his head and he's getting a nice massage and sort of thinking some thoughts. A lot of tea. I hope so. A lot he needs of to like, like go read the bell jar. And what do you think call the tea? It that it's not a bag, but it's like loose in a, like a mesh thing. I it's, would numb an animal. It's like a little sifter thing. Oh yeah. Sort of, like a tea. I don't like know. Like they make it for you and they put it in this little metal orb that lets the leaves come through and there's like oh let me talk to you about the bushes that were involved an in infusion fine he's having a, a lot nice, of that going yeah on. cucumber water everywhere so, yeah exactly <laughs> just a lot of just can i get a normal cup of water no, somewhere he's, no. he's screaming that right no. now <laughs> it's just agua fresca he's everywhere. screaming for poland spring right now you can't get any well all right paul i want to talk to you 
and close this with a little story. Right. I don't know where to take it. And it speaks to a few things, maybe a little bit about Amazon. Sometimes we buy things to feel good. Mm-hmm. What do you buy? You're, well, you're a watch guy. Uh, I like watches. I'm not a collector. I actually don't. I'm not possessive about Do you them. collect anything? No, I don't care about stuff. I did start buying um, recently on eBay old copies of Omni magazine. That's very cool, actually. It's really fun. I have them That's from the 70s. Cool. It's That's like, Bob Guccione. Yeah, it turns out it's they're like four bucks an issue, so it's not- That's like, really cool. Yeah, it's just a fun- like Nostalgic. I'm, I'm going to make a little spreadsheet of which ones I have and which ones I don't. Yeah. And just the preteens who are listening don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. It, it was a sci-fi magazine yeah. that was uh, about sort of cutting-edge science. It was very cool. It, it was like quasi-scientific sci-fi. And you picked it up in the 80s and 90s, and it was like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, and just yeah, be like, yeah. Mind drugs <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, it was fun. So anyway, that's that's my hobby. You like you do like watches. You kind of like these like cheaper Russian watches. Well, I just landed on I was on Pinterest, which, by the way, has the most messed up algorithms I've ever seen. I'm into rebuilding old MAME classic arcade cabinets and watches. And Pinterest concluded that I like flatbread and Emma Watson. It's not wrong. It actually, as I'm sifting through, I'm like, all right, she's kind of cute. And that looks delicious. That mushroom risotto flatbread looks pretty good. Yeah, but it's not your, those are not your things. They're not You're my not things. You're not an Emma Watson slash flatbread guy. No. Pinterest tosses guy. it around, which I yeah. kind of appreciate. So wait, where did you go to buy this watch? Okay, so it's XYZ, I'm not going to state the name, dot info. And there's an M, there's a dash in the name. Okay, so you want to buy this watch from a website that has dashes and dot info at the end. That's right. Okay, so the Google like pop up and say, don't do this, don't even think about this? It, it's strange. It's never happened before. It minimized my browser and a pop-up came up and said, Rich, why don't you get away from the machine? Yeah. And so I said, well, that's weird. Let me open this back up. Well, let me get this watch. And instead. it was a beautiful watch. Mm. They, they, they are this, really cool looking. They, they're like this this like tiny detail to the Russian watches that's really nice. They've got a little bit of a retro look. Well, they're, they're built sort of along the same mold and model as they have been for 50 years, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. And it look it reminds you of like old submarine gear. It's kind of yeah. neat. Pretty I'm cool able to do stuff. really good prompting on this story because I've heard so much about Russian watches. Yeah. So anyway. I buy the watch. 350 bucks. Into? Out of PayPal. Yeah. I got what looked like, looked really good. It right. looked like a pretty solid receipt. So like saint-petersburg-timekeepers.ru.org.uk. <laughs> I got a receipt. Okay. PayPal, the money was out. Okay. All right. And this is April. May goes by. And I'm figuring, look. Russia's pretty far away here. Let's give them a minute. Takes a minute. Takes a minute. Then I email them. No answer. And I email them again. No answer. And now I'm getting a little worried. And I start emailing them in broken English, hoping maybe just if I give them like no adverbs and just use the big words, this will make it through. Sure. And nobody's answering. What's an example email there? Like went to where, uh, where watch? Where watch? Uh, wait, get, and it's, everything's all caps all yeah. the time. So I, because that's how they communicate with you. That's how they communicate with me. That's right. right. So I loop Paul into this, saying, "Paul, help me out here. You're a good writer." And then Paul starts chiming. That's in. true. I start writing things like, "Went to post office, Mister Rich, but no, no, no watch, watch available. Tell me how I'll proceed." Yeah. Next step. Right. Exactly. 
So this goes on back and forth and back and forth. And finally, I put in pitch for PayPal. I was like, look, I never got anything. I want to put a dispute in. Well, and we're at this point, this is comedy. This is comedy. I, I probably got more joy out of this experience than I would have ever gotten because out of Because we're, we're trying different voices and like, yeah. you know, what could get the Russian watch people to respond to us? Exactly. And so PayPal, their fraud protection kicks in. And I have to say, they've got, I think, five days to show proof that I got the watch. So they have to step forward and show either, I guess, uh, you know, a DHL confirmation or something that it was shipped and then I got it. And they didn't and they gave me the money back. Mm -hmm. PayPal actually transferred the money back to me. And then four days later, I get a package from Russia and it's a DHL box. Oh, you got the watch. So I open the box and there's another box and it's this beautiful wa box, like a wooden box with a has like a, a logo emblazoned on it, like burned into the wood. Like laser burned. Somebody put some work into that. It looked beautiful. So you, got, so you open it up expecting to see your watch. That's right. And the box is empty. Now. Do you think, so what happened is they got that PayPal thing and just shot you the box? Maybe that's what they did. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They just sent you an empty box out of because they don't have the watch. They clearly don't, they don't have, have the, the watch. watch. So they sent you an empty box, but they, box, but they, they don't have it together enough. Yeah. And you know, what's the term they use nowadays? Like, it's not about the goods. It's an experiential. We live in an experiential economy it's or true. something. We ha you had a, a genuine experience of the global economy. I mean, it was like, it was like the hunt for red October. Yeah. Except in a smaller form. The irony is that I know you very well. The number of things that piss you off is legion. This was actually kind of your entertainment. It was joy. Getting screwed over by the Russian watch people. It was absolute Because you're like, well, I wonder what's going to happen now. Yeah. And then you'd send them another email. And, and the oh, they is, would write back sometimes. It'd be like, watch coming. Watch coming. Want 45 mm, which yeah. is the size of the, the, the face. And so this is going on. And the thing is, what made this so great was in the backdrop is Trump Russia. Right. So it was kind of like, it was like a, a, a shitty school play. Not so a school were, play, like a, like an avant-garde kind of a play where the watch symbolizes um, corruption. So I you don't were know. contributing. You, there was a, there's this larger narrative and then you're sort of jumping yeah, in. Yeah, you're the writer here. You could piece together like what happened to me as sort of a microcosm of what's happening in the world. So it was beautiful. I don't want the watch. I think this story, which I get to tell over drinks, I'll probably tell it one too many times, frankly, but I think it's great. I think I, it Well, just, you got your money back and you got this weird empty box. That it's has, a beautiful box. It has a little pamphlet in it and with a hammer and sickle on it, and it's all in Russian. It's all in Russian. But it's pretty beautiful. It came empty. I think That's it's beautiful. They, they were going to DHL this to you and demo to to PayPal that they had. I, that might him. be it. And I think they may have run out of time. They just didn't have it together. This, yeah. this is clearly scammy. It's scammy. And I mean, I waited th almost three months to get nothing. Right. right. So, uh, I mean, and so like, if you, if you can't get me the thing, then okay, email me and say, I can't. No, you know, no, we're no. They, they were trying to keep that money and string it along. There's no I way around so. that. Yeah, yeah. Because like, that's, right. that's not how business works. Correct. But they, this often happens. Like, scammers can't get it together. Well, you know, they're not... And they're not organizational, right? No, I mean, they're they're just, not they had a good thing going. Detail-oriented. Look, for you, there's probably... Like, the good ones are, by the way. The well, good sure. ones are very detail-oriented. Sure. But this guy was a little sloppy. Well, no watch, 
But a box. It's a beautiful box. Maybe we'll put as the photo accompanying this podcast a picture of the lovely box. That's a great idea. And maybe with like a, a montage of like Lennon and who's the other guy? Not starting to feel like real labor. Let's just show All the right, box. Let's just show the box. So right. look, we try to keep things efficient here at Postlight. Yep. So we're only going to show you the picture of the box. Postlight. You've been listening to our podcast called Track Changes. <laughs> we really stayed on track That's today. That's right. My name is Paul Ford. I'm the co-founder of Postlight. And I'm Rich Ciotti, the other co-founder. So if you need anything, send an email at hello at postlight.com. If you don't need anything, well, you don't have to. Just keep listening. We love knowing you're out there. And if you want to rate us five stars on iTunes, we're always happy to we have that We love happen. five stars. Anything you need, just let us know. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.